Girlfriends, episode number 202, Easy Advent Ideas for Busy Moms. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are diving right into Advent. It's going on, whether we're ready or not. Let's talk about some ways to make it easy and doable, especially if you are a busy mom. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Hope you are well. Thank you for joining me here on the Girlfriends Podcast. Always glad to connect with you here on the show. If you're a first-time listener, hello and welcome. So glad that you are here. If you're a long-time or sometimes listener, welcome back. Always glad to connect with you in this way. So it's Advent. Whether we like it or not, whether we're ready or not, here we are thick in the middle of Advent. And Advent is one of those seasons where we know it's supposed to be a spiritual season. It's supposed to be set apart spiritually. So there's that kind of pressure that we put on ourselves. And yet the world itself, outside of our spiritual lives, outside of our church life, outside of our religious practices, makes a lot of demands of us during the season of Advent. All the regular stuff is going on, plus extra, plus celebrations, plus office Christmas parties and different kinds of obligations. I know there's a lot going on. So that's why I thought that I should take up a bunch of different people's questions because I hear from moms all the time. I shared a question from a listener a couple of episodes ago who was already dreading Advent before it even began. And that makes me so sad. But I hear from moms all the time who are feeling frazzled this time of year. And moms of all ages and stages of life, it doesn't go away (laughs) when your kids get older. Sometimes the obligations and the stresses of the season can even be multiplied when your life gets bigger as your kids grow. But there is a unique kind of burnout that happens when you're a mom of little kids during the season of Advent. So I thought I might share some ideas that are applicable to moms of all different ages and stages of life, Um, even people who aren't moms, Um, just some ways of that we can easily and in a very doable way, very practical way, observe the season of Advent because you know you don't just want to throw it all away. You don't just want to say, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do anything and not take on anything extra. But the kinds of extra things I'm going to talk about today are very simple, very doable things you could pick up and do right now. If you haven't done a thing extra for Advent, if you haven't done a thing with your kids to observe the season of Advent, you're fine. You're good. I got you. So we're going to talk about, um, let's see how many I have here on my list. I have seven items that I'm going to discuss here. Very simple. Don't get overwhelmed. Okay. And if you pick just one, great, pick just one and do it. You know what? You're going to feel great. So first one, and I'm starting with this on purpose because it is so very doable. You can sit down and do this right now is to make an advent prayer chain. Now, of course, we're, we can let the perfect be the enemy of the good here and be like, okay, Advent's already started. It's too late for me to make an Advent prayer chain. No, it's not. You can start right where you are. So whenever you're listening to this podcast, how many days are left of Advent? Start there. And you know the kind of paper chain I'm talking about? We we all made them like in kindergarten where you cut strips of colored paper and uh, you know make a circle with them and you link them and just staple them together to make a paper chain. So you can do this. You can use Advent colors if you have purple paper. You can use white paper. You can use green and red paper for Christmas season or gold or whatever you want to do. Okay. So I know you have paper and I know you have scissors and I know you have a stapler. 
and a pen. So you need a pen too. So what I want to encourage you to do for this paper chain, and this is fun for little kids because this is a way, um, you know, we all love those advent calendars and those are all over the place. I'm not even going to talk about those because you know about advent calendars and you can even pick them up at the grocery store for like a dollar and, um, you know, just count down the days remaining till Christmas. And kids love these kinds of tangible ways of marking the passing of days. And so just make your paper chain. And on each strip of the paper, you can write down a person to pray for. This I like. Um, if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to make it a prayer chain, um, you can write down a special activity, something simple like make hot cocoa, go sledding, go for a walk and look at Christmas lights, that sort of thing. And then each day of Advent, you and your child, or just you, if it's just you, okay, it's okay to do this just for you. This isn't just for kids. You can just take off the next chain. And this is fun because it's a tangible way to kind of watch the days going by as the chain gets smaller and smaller. You know, you're going getting closer to Christmas, kind of counting down those days. But I like the idea of making it a prayer chain and just putting people on there. And you can invite your kids in um, to kind of participate in the making of this chain very simple to do, just making the little chains and stapling them, but invite them into the process of what you're going to write on those slips of paper. Uh, who do you want to pray for? You might be surprised at who comes to mind for your kids. Maybe they want to pray for the mailman. Maybe they want to pray for their teacher. Maybe they want to pray for a kid at school that you don't know anything about. Um, you know, just invite them into that process. And then what a nice little reminder as you're going through Advent to take off a chain each day and either be reminded of a, an activity, a special something that you want to do together or be reminded of somebody to pray for. And in the meantime, you can have this chain hanging wherever it makes sense in your house. You can hang it in your dining room or in your living room or, you know, near your advent calendar, whatever you've got going on. So that's my first doable tip. Do you see how doable these are? They're that easy. Okay. I don't want to overwhelm anybody. So the second thing I want to encourage you to do is think about using scripture in your advent. Now, there are lots of different ways you can do this. You might begin very simply if you're going to do this with your kids, um, if they have a children's version of the Bible, reading the story of Christmas, reading one little section of it each day, kind of working through it over the days, maybe reading just a couple of lines of it each night at dinner or in the morning before everybody leaves for work or school. Um, you know, Luke is a great chapter to read. I love the description of the birth of Jesus in Luke. Um, so you might, you might memorize a few lines from there. So I think I've shared about this before on the podcast when we talked about memorizing scripture. Um, we've done this in Advents past where I would assign each of the kids a scripture passage. Um, each, you know, according to their level, you might have them just remember one line of scripture, right? You might just say, for unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. Just have them memorize that. That's from Isaiah. Um, so speaking of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter nine is one of the verses that I so vividly remember assigning to my son Ambrose to memorize many advents ago. And I assigned it because this is the reading that is always read at midnight mass. And we always go to midnight mass. And he was, I don't know how old, seven or eight. And he was good at memorizing. So I knew he could handle reading, um, memorizing this chapter in Isaiah. And so he did. And I didn't tell him that I was having him memorize it because it was one of the readings at midnight mass. But I loved how his eyes lit up when he heard it read at midnight mass. And he turned to me like, I know that. That's that's my passage, right? And it's such a beautiful passage. Why wouldn't you want to memorize Isaiah chapter nine? For unto us a child is born, right? A son is given to us upon his shoulder dominion rests. Here comes my favorite line. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, 
Father Forever, Prince of Peace. Love those lines. So beautiful. The entire chapter is so beautiful. So you might think about assigning one of your kids the job of memorizing a piece of scripture, whatever their level is at. Just a couple of lines, a whole chapter, reading the description of um, Jesus's birth in in Luke, reading about the shepherds, um, you know, or reading about the the three kings or whatever it is that you think would be nice for your family to reflect on. Because here's the fun part. When you are memorizing scripture, whether you're doing it yourself or doing it with a child, your heart and your mind become filled with the word of God. And what a beautiful thing that is. What a beautiful opportunity to reflect on God's word, to reflect on the beautiful story of Christ coming to earth as a tiny baby to love us and to save us. What a beautiful opportunity we have to really reflect on that and dive deep into it and make it a part of us. When we memorize lines of scripture and when we encourage our kids to do the same, we're really incorporating God's word into our hearts and our minds in a very meaningful way. That's something you have. You get it. You carry it around with you and you'll have it at the ready. And not only that, as you're practicing it, this is what I've noticed over the years when I give a couple of my kids the assignment to, you know, learn parts of scripture as they're practicing it and memorizing it. There it is being read aloud over and over and over again. And other members of the family can hear it. it really fills your home and fills their hearts and their minds with the word of God. What a simple and yet beautiful way to observe the season of Advent. So look for ways that you might use scripture. And you know what? If you're not up for the memorizing thing, no sweat. You can just um, maybe print out a couple of lines from scripture that are Advent themed. Maybe print out a couple of lines from Isaiah or from, or from Luke and paste them around your home so that people will see them on the bathroom mirror or over the sink when you're doing dishes or in the laundry room and just be reminded of these little scripture passages that will remind us of Christ's coming, the thing that we're preparing for, the thing we're thinking about, how we're, how we're thinking and praying about Jesus coming to earth. So beautiful opportunity through scripture. Okay, the third simple thing I want to encourage you to do is to make a treat and save it for Christmas. Now, what I mean by this is maybe bake a batch of special Christmas cookies and then put it in the freezer. Now, I've done this to great extent over the years. Um, my kids are very accustomed to me throughout the season of Advent doing a lot of baking and the kids would be involved in it too. And some years I've done tons and some years I've done not so much, but I always very much appreciate the concept of preparing. The idea that we're pre preparing for Jesus's coming, we're preparing to celebrate Christmas. We are preparing during the season of Advent. And this simple activity, something you probably enjoy doing with your kids anyway. Well, okay, that might be a little strong. I don't always enjoy baking with kids. <laughs> Pick a simple recipe <laughs> if you're going to involve them in the baking process, because that can be an exercise in frustration. I get that. Um, but this is a fun thing to do together as a family. Pick a simple recipe for cookies or for candy. I've got a recipe on my website, daniellebean.com, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Let me make a little note to myself to be able to remember to do that um, for uh, they're called cream cheese mints. And it's very simple. It's the recipe is like cream cheese and confectioner's sugar, a couple of drops of food coloring if you want it and peppermint extract or peppermint oil. And you just make these into little tiny mints and 
bonus. They're gluten-free, peanut-free, <laughs> um, but you can make these just mixing them together. It's super simple. And my kids actually really love them. And you can make them ahead of time and put them in the freezer. And they make a nice little treat that you can put in jars for giving away as a gift, or you can add them to a cookie tray and they're like a nice little candy on the side. Um, so a simple treat like that. And you probably have recipes that you enjoy making that are traditional for you to make. But the concept here is to be talking with your kids about and underscoring in your own heart and mind the concept of preparing during the season of Advent, that we're getting ready for something. We're getting ready for Jesus's coming. We are preparing ourselves and we're preparing our homes. In a lot of ways, I like to, during the season of Advent, as much as reasonably possible, um, clean things up, get ready, because I, I like to reflect on we are preparing for a baby coming. And what do we do? We know, we moms know, in those last couple of months, as huge and exhausted as you might be, we nest, we get ready for that baby's coming, right? So this is a way, a tangible way that you can prepare for that feast. So make up a treat and put it away for later. I think that really makes a strong impression, and it always has with my kids over the years, um, on, on young kids, the idea that we're, we're not celebrating yet. We're putting this off until later. There are plenty of ways that we celebrate already. It's it's unavoidable during the season of Advent. You're getting invited to various things. You know, the, the secular culture doesn't quite get the whole Christmas season right. Like they think it ends on December 25th rather than begins on December 25th. But, you know, this is one way that you can do this is prepare a treat and be really deliberate about talking about that. We're saving it for later. We're going to get this out and celebrate it at Christmas. Okay, speaking of celebrating... There are lots of feast days you can celebrate during the season of Advent. I don't want you to kill yourself. You know, last week we talked with Elizabeth Foss about kind of that overwhelm that you sometimes feel during the season of Advent, like I can't celebrate all of these liturgical feasts because there's so many. There are great saints uh, feast days throughout the season of Advent to celebrate. And, you know, um, already we're, we're into the season of Advent, so it's already too late for some, but for future reference, you know, St. Nicholas, which I know we talked about with Elizabeth last week, or um, St. Juan Diego on December 9th, but then there's still, you know, St. Lucy on December 13th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th, or celebrating, um, this isn't a feast day, but reading the O Antiphons, which is a beautiful tradition inside of the church. I'm going to make another note here to myself to share a link to those for those of you who are not familiar with that practice of reading the O Antiphons in those last seven days leading up to Christmas, a beautiful tradition. Um, so look for a way that you can celebrate those feast days. And it does not have to be an elaborate production. It could be just giving your kids a little treat that day, whether it's, um, you know, stopping after school and um, maybe at a bookstore and they get to pick out a favorite book. I, I love that idea. Or um, saying we're going to go for a walk and look at the Christmas lights um, because it's this special feast day. Or if there's something, you know, a, a small gift or something that you might want to give them a stuffed animal or just having cocoa together. It doesn't have to be fancy, but just kind of marking these feast days, I think, is a way that you can really make the season of Advent feel special and stand out to not only your kids, but to you. So much of what we're talking about here is this idea of not overwhelming ourselves with activities and obligations and extra work and stress, but doing something that sets this season apart, that really makes it different for you, makes it a different season for you that you're recognizing in your own heart that this is a time of preparation for Jesus's coming. Okay, 
The fifth thing I want to mention, and this is such an easy craft. If you're not a crafting mama, I get you. I see you. I hear you. You don't have to be a crafty mama to do this. So um, something I've enjoyed doing with my kids over the years is making paper snowflakes. Now you're going to be like, yeah, I know about paper snowflakes. But for years, I would make paper snowflakes all wrong. Like I wasn't folding them right. So they were coming out terrible. (laughs) like basically rectangular in shape or boxy or whatever. But then I stumbled upon some very simple instructions for how to fold a piece of paper, how to cut a piece of paper so that it makes a six pointed snowflake, which is what snowflakes are, right? They have six points in nature. Um, And this way is a way of making paper snowflakes so that they have those six points, but they all are unique and Super simple to do. All you need is paper and scissors. Okay. (laughs) See how simple my craft ideas are? All you need is paper and scissors. So I'm going to link to those instructions in the show notes because I can't really describe it. Um, But the instructions I have kind of have pictures and it kind of helps you to see the simple way to fold and then cut the paper and then cut your little notches and make each snowflake unique. I've loved doing this with the kids over the years because it's a very satisfying thing. Yeah, there's a little bit of a mess to sweep up afterwards with a lot of little bits of paper, but it's very satisfying because you get really beautiful snowflakes out of this, whether you want to use them to decorate cards or, you know, decorate presents or my daughter Gabby still does this every year. She is now 15. <laughs> I was going to call her 16. No, Gabby's 15. And um, she still really enjoys this craft and she remembers it. And she's the one who's always pulling out the paper and scissors and sitting down in the evenings and just cutting out snowflakes. And she will cover our windows with them <laughs> during the Advent season. So this is something that's really kind of fun that's been carried on um, over the years in my family. And, and really, because it is so simple, it is so easy. And yet, like I said, it's a very satisfying project. You actually make really nice looking snowflakes this way. So if you're not a crafty mama, it's fine. You don't have to be. You don't need any expertise to be able to do this. You follow the simple instructions. And then once you learn it, you just know it and you won't need to be following the instructions anymore. You'll be able to fold and cut the paper and be able to do this at the drop of a hat and make some really beautiful snowflakes. So make snowflakes that simple. All right. Next, I want to encourage you to pray a Christmas novena. So there's the St. Andrew novena um, that's all through the season of Advent. And if you haven't already started that, no worries. You can start it now. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But um, there's also a Christmas novena that begins nine days before Christmas that they pray every year at PrayMoreNovenas.com, which is that resource that I love to share with you that really helps you to pray novenas. If you sign up with them for whatever novena it is you want to pray, they will send you a link in your inbox every single day to remind you to pray that novena. I've never been so good at praying novenas as I have been since I discovered this resource at PrayMoreNovenas.com. I think they have an app. They have um, a YouTube channel. If you'd like to listen to the prayers in audio files, you can do that. I just really like to get it in my inbox. And I've shared with you before that I use my inbox as kind of um, a to-do list And so I'll send myself reminders there. And as long as something is in my inbox and it's marked as unread, it's on my to-do list. So when I get the reminder each day to pray the novena, it stays there unread until I've done it and then I'll archive it. And it's just a really easy way to kind of remind myself and keep myself on track. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the PrayMoreNovenas.com so that you can also kind of sign up for that Christmas novena, but it doesn't have to be that one. 
you can pick one that's meaningful to you. Um, but just, I think it's really kind of a helpful way to add a little bit of prayer to your days in this season of Advent without being overwhelming, just adding something that's special and kind of looking forward toward Christmas. Um, novenas have a, are, are a great way of kind of counting down those days. So praying the Christmas novena is a, a wonderful and easy way that you can do that. And while we're talking about me sharing all of these links in the show notes, and I'm making these notes to myself for all these awesome things I'm going to put in the show notes, I want to remind you that you can subscribe to the Girlfriends Podcast and make sure that you are getting those links. Okay, side note here, if you are like driving your car and you're hearing me say like, the links are in the show notes, so go to ascensionpress.com and you're thinking, uh, okay, yeah, making a note to do that later, but not sure you're going to do it later, right? Maybe you're right in the middle of something. You don't have to drop everything. Don't worry. Get yourself signed up on that subscriber list so that the stuff will get sent right to your inbox. Super convenient. So when you sign up, you just text the word girlfriends to 33777 and you can get subscribed that way. You'll be signed up and then Every week, the new episode of Girlfriends on Tuesday, when it drops, it'll go straight to your inbox along with all of the relevant links and show notes. So you won't ever have to worry about tracking stuff down. You'll have it right where you need it. So I'm going to be putting all those links in the show notes. So make sure you are subscribed so you won't miss out on it. All right. The sixth easy Advent thing I want to suggest that you incorporate this season is to play Advent music. Now, I know. Christmas music is everywhere. And I've done all the things from banning Christmas music till Christmas to starting it like right on the afternoon of Thanksgiving. Um, I, however you do it in your home, I know Christmas music is everywhere this time of year. But I want to encourage you to intentionally incorporate some quieter music, some Advent-themed music in this season. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes again to um, a Spotify playlist that I really enjoy, but maybe you have one that you really enjoy. Um, if you have a playlist that you like to use for Advent, I'd love it if you would share it with me because then I can share it with the girlfriends here on the podcast. I can put it in that subscription list, or I can also share it on Facebook in our Facebook group. If you are not a member of the Girlfriends Facebook group, please consider joining us over there. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast, or drop me a note on Facebook. I'll be glad to link you up with the group. You do need to request to join because it's a private group, but we'd love to have you there. And that's a great place where we can share things like an Advent playlist on Spotify, something that you really enjoy. I have one that I like, and I'll be sharing that with you as well. All right. Last thing I want to encourage you to consider doing last doable easy idea for Advent, however your Advent is going, however frazzled and crazy you are, I do want to encourage you to look into what's going on at your church and consider doing something um, that you wouldn't normally do at your church. Now, that might be going to a nativity play. It might be going to a choir concert. A lot of churches host those kinds of things. It might be just going to a weekday mass, making time for that, or making time for confession, a lot of parishes will offer a reconciliation service this time of year. So if that's going on at your parish, definitely check that out and consider taking advantage of that opportunity. But this time of year, you know, with all the other things that we're making time for, you know, the, the cookie party at your friend's house or um, caroling with your, your soccer mom's group or whatever it is that we're making time for, let's also consider making time for something in our parish community. I want to encourage you to look at what's going on in your parish and consider 
doing one more thing, attending one thing. It could be as simple as, you know, taking an hour of your time one afternoon to um, go to a concert or to go to confession or to participate in um, your your nativity play in whatever way that means. Um, I want to encourage you to, to look into your parish community and what's going on there for the season of Advent and really become a part of that in a meaningful way. Okay, so those are my doable ideas. See, I told you they weren't overwhelming. And I'm not telling you to do all of these things. I am telling you to consider picking one. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you're you're feeling also bad about not doing something specific for Advent with your kids or whatnot, take one of these ideas and just do it. So the first idea that I shared was the paper chain of prayer. Um, second, incorporate scripture in some way in your preparations for Advent. Third, make a treat and save it for later. Save it for Christmas. Um, four, consider celebrating some of the great feast days that happen during the season of Advent. Number five, make those paper snowflakes and make the beautiful ones that are so easy once you know how. Number five, pray a Christmas novena. Six, consider pl- playing some Advent music in the car in your home. Uh, number seven, find out something that you can participate in during the season of Advent in your parish community. Now, you might have some ideas for ways to easily do a little something else, a little something special during the season of Advent that doesn't overwhelm. I'd love to hear your practical ideas, your tips, your tricks, what works for you, what overwhelms you. Let me know how your Advent is going. You can connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You know I'd love to hear from you. Now we're going to take a quick break and be back with just a little bit of listener feedback. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback or listener questions. If you have a question for me or feedback that you want to share, please contact me, danielle at daniellebean.com. This week, I am sharing a note that I received recently from listener Nina. Nina says, hi, Danielle. Thank you for your podcast. I enjoy listening to it each week. I have a third grader, a second grader, and a kindergartner, and I am so sick of being sick all the time. How did you handle this when your kids were younger? I feel like someone is always sniffling, sneezing, runny nose, or throwing up. Is there no end to this? I am exhausted and overwhelmed. Please help me to see the light of the end of the tunnel. Winter is just beginning, and I am really dreading the season that lies ahead. Thank you, Nina. Well, okay. First of all, Nina, my heart's going out to you. I get it. I mean, I think everybody listening probably is nodding their heads like, we know what that feels like. And we've all gone through phases in our family lives where there is a lot of illness, there is a lot of sickness. And some of that is just inevitable, especially when you have multiple kids, especially when you have kids going to school, especially when your kids are little and they have just no concept for germ control, 
right? I mean, I sometimes really, you know, my heart goes out, especially to kindergarten teachers, because just think about the germs in that classroom and no, none of those little humans has any concept for keeping their germs to themselves, right? They're all just like wiping their noses and oh, okay. So anyway, I'm commiserating first and foremost, Nina. I understand. I get it. That feeling of overwhelm and exhaustion is so real. And especially during the season of Advent, I'm sure, especially so. So that can be really tough. And we've had Advent seasons where I did feel like we went into Christmas sick and just came out the other side of it sick. And that's a special brand of misery. Um, so I I feel I feel you and I hear you. So know this, Nina, that um, it doesn't go on forever. I mean, winters are always going to be seasons of sickness. And, um, you know, some of us are more vulnerable to that than others. And different kinds of families have different kinds of exposures to illnesses. Um, but just on the practical side, I first of all, just want to encourage you to get the rest that you need. If there's stuff you can cut out of your schedule when your kids are sick, and even if that means for most of the winter, some of us, it does mean that, do it. Just do it. Get the rest that you need. Don't be pushing yourselves because, you know, when you're running around exhausted, that compromises your immune system and you're more likely to pick up something and get, you know, really sick with something. Uh, you know, even something small can turn into a big deal if your immune system is compromised from lack of sleep, lack of proper nutrition. These are the things that go out the window when we get stressed, right? So get the rest that you need, Nina, to be able to feel good about your family, feel good about um, taking care of your kids and kind of seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. I think rest is so key to that. So in whatever way you can cut things out that aren't necessary that you can remove from your life when you're going through family illness, you know, the other bonus is the fact that you're not going to be spreading the illness to other people and they'll appreciate that. Along those lines, um, I want to encourage you just going forward as a way of avoiding illness it's okay to be a little bit antisocial, especially through cold and flu season. This is something that we've done throughout the years, and maybe we're a little more extreme than others with um, having a son with cystic fibrosis who is extra vulnerable to cold viruses and the flu, um, can end up hospitalized, you know, if he contracts certain kinds of viruses. So, you know, over the years, we've been a little bit maybe more stern about this than other families might like to be, maybe more strict about it. But we do get antisocial during the winter months. We don't accept as many invitations to be gathering together with other families, especially where there's going to be a lot of little kids, you know, swapping their their germs. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to turn things down a little bit more during this season when you're trying to avoid exposure to multiple things. Um, one other thing is that we would always limit also the going out places. Like this isn't the season where when my kids were little, I would pile them all in and bring them along to the grocery store. It's more the season where I would run out to the grocery store by myself early in the morning or in the evening or something like that, rather than be bringing them into the public sphere to possibly pick up germs. Because you know, you've got those little kids. They are touching everything. <laughs> they're touching all the doorknobs. They're touching the grocery cart. And then they're putting their hands in their mouths, right? This sort of thing is going on. Um, but along those lines, you, you might want to just be thinking more about talking to your kids about that kind of germ control in ways that they can handle, in ways that they can manage. Something we've hammered home throughout the years, especially during cold and flu season with our kids, is just not touching your face. Not touching your face. Like, if you're going to be in a public place, you, you're probably going to touch a doorknob, you're going to touch whatever, you're going to touch a keypad when you're paying for something or whatever. Like, get 
get in the habit of keeping your hands off of your face. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your nose. Don't touch your mouth. Like teaching them that, um, kind of hammering that home. And they won't get it perfectly. They're kids. They're still going to, you know, mess that up sometimes. But starting there, I think, is really important. And then finally, I just want to remind you, and I know you know this, that hand washing is so important. Um, We keep hand sanitizer in our cars, in our vehicles. And we don't do this year round. Well, the hand sanitizer is there year round, but I don't enforce it um, outside of cold and flu season. But when we're getting into the car, like when kids are you know, coming in from school or we've been out somewhere and we're getting into the car to go home, we hit that hand sanitizer. Whether you've been in church or the store or the library or whatever it is, you know, just use it. And then that's not a replacement for actually washing your hands with soap and water. Know that there are viruses, norovirus. Have you heard of this? It's a horrible thing. You do not want it. Um, Hand sanitizer won't kill it. So when you get home, always just kind of get in that habit of when, when you arrive home, everybody just before you do anything else, wash your hands with soap and water. And also being in that habit of washing with soap and water while you're at home. And then uh, finally, just, um, you know, sanitizing your home spaces, not in a crazy way. You don't have to turn your home into a hospital. Um, I do (laughs) turn my home into kind of a hospital when somebody has a bad virus or something like that's going on. I will go around sanitizing doorknobs and light switches and that sort of thing. Um, But you can just do that on a regular basis. Those spaces, those things that everybody's touching, whether it's like a computer or light switches or doorknobs or um, whatever, just wherever people are gathering, you might want to just be cleaning those spaces with extra care during these months of the cold and flu season. But you know what? All of that said, I mean, all of that, you can you can go beyond reasonable limits with all of that stuff and just stress out beyond what's reasonable for trying to control these things. Know that you can't perfectly control it and that this is just part of family life. It's part of the suffering of family life for sure. These illnesses that come and go and the different kinds of things that you might suffer together as a family. But, you know, taking reasonable measures to control it, I think is very reasonable. And um, I'm going to be praying for you, Nina, because I know that's hard. And um, that's an especially hard time. And when you're feeling exhausted like that, it can feel like it's going to go on forever. But better days are ahead, I promise you. And um, just in the meantime and in the future, I I just want to encourage you to take those reasonable measures to prevent illness, but then also kind of get yourself accustomed to that practice of putting your, your health and your kids' health in your family's health, in God's hands, and trusting in his goodness, trusting in his providence. Um, And, you know, because I know from my own experience that I can too easily tip over into that edge of anxiety of worrying about my kids' health, worrying about what illnesses they might contract, worrying, are we going to get the flu? Are, you know, are we going to wind up with hospitalizations again and that kind of thing? Um, it's it's really easy to kind of fall down that path. So I just want to encourage you to take these measures with a practical kind of sense of these are reasonable things to do that can reasonably prevent illness, um, manage it a little bit, but then know that it's not perfect and you know really be focused on placing your family in God's loving care, know that he's looking out for you. If like Nina, you have a question or a topic you'd like for me to talk about here on Girlfriends, you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm Danielle Bean on all of those platforms. 
And that's all the time we have for this week, but I want to thank you for being a part of this show. You might not feel like you are a vital part of the Girlfriends community if all you ever do is listen to the podcast, but I want to assure you that you listening is an important part of what I'm doing here at Girlfriends. You're why I'm doing what I'm doing here at Girlfriends. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up. And thank you for all the ways you encourage and support me in what I do here at the podcast. If you'd like to find out about other ways to connect with me, possibly invite me to your community, your parish, your women's group to give a talk or to give one of my retreats based on my books on women in the Bible. You can find out more information about that at my website, daniellebean.com slash retreats or daniellebean.com slash speaking. I would love the opportunity to meet you in person. Thank you so much for being here today. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.